welcome to Naked on the Couch. I'm Bobby Kruger. And I am Maya Kruger. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode six. We are up to episode six wow. of our lovely podcast where we break down reality tv's favorite and we also like to say not so favorite couples christine and henry mm-hmm. um, wait who yeah yeah so mm-hmm. uh again if you're just joining us we break down uh, episodes of reality tv based of course on our marriage but also the my of course that maya is a therapist i am the armchair therapist of this group um and i have to say given what we just saw on, on married at first sight this week I think, Maya, that maybe we need to try a butt mask. I think everything lies in the butt mask, Bobby. (laughs) Everything lies in the butt mask. And, of course, we're talking about Amelia and Bennett, uh, one of our favorite couples. We keep saying that week after week. But wait. Go ahead. It makes your butt soft, but firm at the same time. This is like, I feel like, the holy grail of masks. We thought face masks we're the thing. No. I don't know. It is butt masks, the butt, my friend. The butt masks. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an ass helmet. Sure. <laughs> With cosmetic <laughs> improvements yes. as a result. Stay tuned on this episode because Maya and I have had a really long week as parents. Um, our baby at nine and a half months is figuring out some interesting interesting things about her yeah, not she's being kinda, a part of you she's anymore. starting to recognize she is indeed not part of my body and i leave the room and i'm not in the room when i leave the room so every time we put her down to sleep it's um a shit show because she just screams and screams and screams and I am not good at letting her cry it out because it makes me want to jump out a window. So I have to go into another room and not listen to her cry it out. And that's really kind of falls to me. And we kind of I find myself uh, negotiating with the monitor because I can see her falling asleep. I think it happens. And then she gets up screaming. Uh, and then at some point like tonight, in fact, about 25 minutes ago, I, I had to go in there and I let her fall asleep on me for about 20 minutes which is like the greatest thing in the world. We always say it's like, oh, we feel chosen. No, you when feel she chosen. On you. Okay, well, I feel chosen. <laughs> That's totally cool with me because I enjoy the validation. Um, she's so sweet, but she's sleeping right now. We have the monitor right next to where we're recording this tonight. So if you do hear somebody screaming in the background, she woke up. It's and we'll her. Might have it to is stop her, and she is realizing I'm not in the room. <laughs> So, Married at First Sight, New Orleans, that's what we're talking about here, um, where I, I kind of lost track of what episode the, the show is on, but where we are at in their timeline is, um, now the experiment that they do, right, they're marrying couples at first sight, uh, they say it's for about eight weeks, the timeline seems a little bit funkier, seems longer than usual, I know they're going to be dealing with the pandemic shortly, because they were shooting the season right at the beginning Why of this Why does it seem whole, longer to you? I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because... They keep adding episodes every season, it feels like. Yeah, they're stretching it out. They stretch it out. And so it's, it's like, oh, they've known each other for, you know, two months already. No, it's really only like three days, three days. And so I feel it's like sometimes it's a bit of a mind blow watching a relationship that's so new. But you feel like you have a relationship with these people at this point, like longer they've been than they've been together. Um, so they went on their honeymoon. They came back to New Orleans from their from their honeymoon. And, and now it's in. time to move in. So this episode, what they did was they all kind of had insight into each other's, your, I guess, each other's significant other's uh, dwelling, if you will, abode. abode. Went there, checked it out, and then they ended up moving in together uh, before the last part of the episode this week. They all got a visit from Pastor Cal, who we absolutely enjoy on the show love immensely. Pastor Cal. He is probably my favorite expert out of the three, or even 
the extended experts in which they've used over the course of the seasons. I dig Schwartz too. She's not on it enough. That's true. But I, I've seen her I deliver feel like, the good stuff before. I feel like Dr. Pepper, they call when there's like some, some abuse going on and they need to like settle it down. Yeah. Like someone's getting treated terribly. Let's call Dr. Schwartz. Dr. Pepper Schwartz. Dr. Pepper Schwartz. I don't know why I sound like Bernie Sanders when I when I say that. You too. Um, I want to get into Amelia and Bennett first this week, um, mm. probably because of the first couple mentioned on my notes. Uh, but they are continuously showing such good, I guess the word I'm looking for is good vibes, faith, faith generosity. They're so generous with each other. I love that she went into his mini home yes. and said i am so impressed that okay. you built this by yourself so a and little it's so background. efficient so we saw this in very much on early on in episode one they're showing you know they're introducing us to the individuals on the show and they're characters individuals and bennett of course is one of them bennett is sort of i guess you would call him a hipster is that, a, is that I, hate I think he's term. like a a thespian a thespian um anyway he kind of lives they call it a converted play set that he built for himself. I kind of call it a shack in somebody's backyard. It's essentially one room. It's a he shed. It's a he shed. It's one room. Uh, there's no water, as far as I can tell, no running right. water. Mm -hmm. So no bathroom, no kitchen, no kitchen as well. Um, and so he has to go to whoever lives in the actual house on the property. I still think it's his parents, but I maybe it's so. not. Um, I'm like, who else is letting you build a shack in the backyard? Um, but, you know, Amelia walks in there and is like, this is great. This is awesome. I can't believe you built this yourself. This is so efficient. Wow. And this is your, wow. She was legit impressed. And most people would be like, wow. Wow. You this are is broke. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. You have no money. And even sort of Bennett admitted that this week where he, I think he said, don't, I don't have a fully mature relationship with money at this stage of I my life. I love that he said it like that. Why? Because in a lot of ways, I guess I can see myself in that statement years ago. It takes a while to like get a mature relationship with money. He didn't trash himself in the process of saying no. that, which I also appreciate. He could have said I'm, I'm terrible with money, but no, his relationship with money is still immature. Yeah. I love it. And, and they just continue to give to each other. And I think uh, one of the other things that we really loved about their interactions in this episode um, was when they were actually in their new apartment in New Orleans. I couldn't uh, tell, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention closely enough. Um, are they all in the same building this year? They yes, have been they're in the, the same complex. Okay, they're in the same complex. I want to add something. Sure. Because we also saw Amelia's digs. And she lives in a mansion with three other med students, I guess. I guess either med students or friends or whoever they are. But, but they just, live in a yeah. big place. It looks like the haunted mansion from Disney. But it's cool. She has her own place where she makes her jewelry and <laughs> super artsy. Her room, her room, like, is a essentially how big his whole house is inside it's of much this mansion. bigger. Yeah. Um. So I felt like they were learning about each other, but. There's something about these two that they, they're genuinely curious about each other's lives. They're not looking for, for flaws. So they kind of they just take it. Um, I do want to say, though, in that conversation with Pastor Cal, I raised an eyebrow. Well, there was a few eyebrows raised in that Pastor Cal one. And I think um, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I want to get to what you thought was interesting in a moment, but 
kind of starting on that Pastor Cal conversation, one of the things that I think was interesting is he said something about the realities of marriage. And, you know, when you've never been in it, you never really understand the intensity. He was basically saying, come off your cloud. There's going to be realities. You guys are acting like you're always going to be in this honeymoon phase, and it's not like that. Was that what raised your eyebrow? No. What raised it? Well, Bennett said something that really made me go, hmm. Which was? You poked a hole in my bubble, Bennett. I was getting really excited, Bennett. What did, you, what did he say? So, Pastor Cal was talking about, can we just call him, Ka no, Pastor Cal. Um, he was talking about Amelia going away for residency. Mm -hmm. And Bennett said he will have to check his priorities at that time to see if it's aligned with what he wants. And... Well, I do understand that mindset. Um, it would make me personally feel anxious. So here's the thing. I don't believe that conversation was edited in the way in which it came off in real life. Now, let me preface this by saying we have no idea. We're never going to know. But there are certain times where they have certain conversations and there's a look that's clearly not in line with the way that conversation went because there's no response or like there's no, the look doesn't match up quite right or there's a, too much of a pause that wouldn't have made a real sense in the flow of a conversation. Maybe. I don't, we don't know. I'm saying is we don't know the order of that, of how that, how that really went. And it just seemed like it was edited in a way to make it seem more than it is, which we've seen these people do in the past. I had a feeling it was not edited this time. I don't know. I, there's nothing in uh, there's nothing that leads me to believe that he would not go with her. He no has his where. own theater Unless, company you know. and he's he's very much who he is. Um, and though he wants to be a stay at home dad and tend to the house and all that and make his music and write. He can do that anywhere and he will come around to that when the time comes. You think so? Yes. He's got nothing else going on. He has a theater company. Like, really? Like, a little tiny theater company in the middle of New Orleans? Uh, as someone who's done a lot of little theater companies in the middle of New York, they all they all exist and go he away in about three to three really years. He may be really invested in it. He may be, but he can also go do it wherever he is. But for him is. to say, I don't know where my priorities are going to be, is a statement that he's he's kind of going into this with eyes open, unlike Amelia, who's like, it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be great. Well, that's a good thing, then. I guess it is. But it, it ruined the um, the bubble I was really happily floating in. Well, yeah, and, and their bubble continues to be uh, so wonderful. One of the things they did that I thought was so funny in the, in the new apartment was when they went into that closet and they were he was enjoying the, the acoustics in the closet. Mm -hmm. And so he invited her into the closet. They closed the door. I think they were like, yodeling in the closet because <laughs> it made a good vibration to them i'm like their weird off continues week to week and it's yep. one of the more uh enjoyable parts of this whole season so far for sure you got anything else on them nothing much i, I they're just i, I don't want to say they're cruising along but it feels like they're cruising along they're a joy to watch i think pastor cal doesn't know how to digest them no, I think he does. He kind of looks at them, I think, and goes, this is why we do this show. Uh, that's but also, y'all are really weird, and you don't follow gender roles. He said that. This is not a traditional marriage. Well, in the sense where he's going to be the stay-at-home dad? Yes, and she's the breadwinner. 
I guess that is not would be the definition. The of rustling a in the background, by the way, marriage. is our dishwasher. <laughs> I don't know if people can hear the dishwasher. Okay. It'd be kind of funny. Look how fancy we are. We're so fancy. Living in Jersey with a dishwasher. Oh my god. Um, let's shift a little bit here. I want to skip uh, from the high of the high to the low of the low, and I think we kind of know where we're gonna go because we always boom, love boom, to hate boom, to talk boom, about this boom, couple. Wow. Because they're so weird, and of course we are talking about it's not Christina even weird. and Henry. It's not the weirdness. It's awkward. It's strange. It's uncomfortable. It's I like, can deal with weird. Well, it's not weird. weird. It term. just makes me feel like I am on a terrible, endless first date where we don't know how we're going to end this because our parents know each other. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't I guess, but it also just doesn't. It never feels like they're on a date. This episode, we always kind of come up with a, a comp- an analogy for, or a met- I don't know if it's a metaphor, but more of an analogy of what these, this relationship is like. What was it this time? Well, in the past, we've talked about them. It looks like they're two, like a, two people who are waiting for an Uber outside a conference no one <laughs> wanted to be at. And then the other one was they kind of just got stuck in the same elevator on like a, a 50-floor building and the elevator is just going slow. This one, because of what was going on in this episode where we saw Henry's apartment mm-hmm. and we did not see her apartment we'll get to that in a moment and we saw them move in she just looked like his realtor like showing him the apartment that he lives in it was so weird um she does look like his realtor but he always looks like someone's showing him the way it's not only her it's everyone else around him kind of is always leading the way well he's not the aggressor you know what is that word i know we explored it last week clearly he's just not the aggressor in this relationship but can we talk about her not having an apartment to show. Okay, so here's the thing about that. Uh, and she posted some stuff on social media about it. And I thought about she it say? today. Well, let's kind of recap for those who may not have watched the episode yet, or maybe you have, where uh, Christina, of course, is a flight attendant. Um, and so flight attendants, traveling all the time, not home very much. She, uh, during the time they filmed this uh, episode, didn't have... A place to show Henry as of oh here's where I live here are my things yada yada, um, and that's it was strange it just I know flight attendants a few of them that I, I just over the years of not because I've become friends with flight attendants people I've known from like school who ended up being flight attendants and they all have places that they live <laughs> they all have they all have a place to call home and. She could have been in a binder between apartments or she was crashing at a friend's place for a while. That's what it feels like. And I think on social, she said, look, I am a flight attendant. I am not home very much. I I moved out from one place uh, and I wasn't, um, you know, I'm just, I live this transient lifestyle. I sometimes stay at my parents and um, yeah, but it did strike me as, you know, I, I don't know how old she is. She seems about 30. It's a little weird not to have your own place. No, the weird thing was that he didn't talk about it directly. That he was kind of like, I guess she doesn't have an apartment. He okay. kind of spoke about it to the camera, but not to yep. her. Right. I would have loved to have that, seen that conversation. Like, oh. So you don't have a home right now. <laughs> What's, What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you live somewhere else? Were you living with someone else? Like, yeah. It was just, the whole thing was very strange. And let's talk about his place, too. So his place... Um, I would say, uh, listen, we've both lived in New York. Listen, um, I had a bathroom in yeah. my kitchen. Okay, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So uh, New York apartments, let's say, can mm-hmm. be 
very strange. I've seen bath, literally bathroom, like showers in the kitchen. It I've was seen, in the kitchen, yep. I've seen people have shared bathrooms, which is just crazy to me. What do you mean shared bathroom? Like there's a, it's like a communal living style where you have a, you have like a little kitchenette in your apartment. Um, you have your space. And then you share a bathroom like on a the floor? It's a communal bathroom, yeah. Left to two, two or three apartments to one. I think it's very tenement. It was probably a tenement that they divided into other apartments. This is back in the day. Um, I did share the bathroom that was in the kitchen with a roommate. So which ba- which was that the one that, that I was before you? Before me, okay. Mm-hmm. I was in that apartment for two years. It was it was quite small. Yeah, and and New York apartments are notoriously depending on where you are in the city, uh, a shoebox. My last apartment in the city was actually quite large. It was just because yeah, you didn't. It was like in the city, but it was in the was Canada in of the city. Not yeah. that far. It wasn't. It was Barry Columbia Medical Center over there, and mm-hmm. we. I had a duplex. I'm not to brag or anything. With a roommate. With a roommate. Uh, who, <laughs> oh, look, you want to speak about weird, uh, weird apartment setups? I had a roommate. Uh, I should check in with her. I hope she's doing well, uh, Abby. When Abby moved in, so I lived at this apartment with uh, a, a girlfriend for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. We broke up. She moved out, and I couldn't afford the place on my own, so I needed somebody to move in. There, there was an office in that apartment that I had and I used. Not really, it was more just a junk room. Um, It didn't have a door. So I put it up on Craigslist and I'm like, let me throw this up there. Maybe someone will like, not mind living in it if we could put up like a curtain (laughs) or like like one of those Japanese like three fold screen things. And sure enough, this person signed up and she she was wonderful. how long it, did she live there? She probably was there for a year and a half. And all the time just sort of combined. She she was just moved to New York from Nebraska. Um, she was going to uh, – she was getting her Ph.D. Damn. in neuroscience or something from Columbia, which was right up the block. And so, yeah, she moved in there. She was wonderful. Um, and then by the time I did finally get a – Another, uh, what do you call it? Another roommate. I had the landlord actually put a door, build a door for me. I met the other roommate. I met both of the roommates. I had, well, I had all, all in, I had four people live in that room before I moved out. Um, the first two did not have a door as far as I can remember. No, this one did. She was the the cute, the cute one, the musical theater lady. Oh no, that was, okay. That was a fifth one at the end that, uh, this one was before. Uh, I made a short film a few years back. There was a premiere. She did come to that premiere by herself. She did? Uh, yeah. We had, I didn't, yeah, she was great. Did we not see her? No, I said hi to her. Oh. I said hi to her for sure. My point is that like New York apartments are really strange. My point of this whole thing was Henry's apartment was really freaking strange. Yeah. The, okay. Uh, besides the fact, let's, it's studio apartment. Fine. Okay. I've never seen a kitchen down a flight a mini flight of steps that's true like i've seen some weird places with some weird stuff yeah yeah like it was sort of a descendant kitchen that was really small and he had like a a shirt closet pole thing in the middle of the room and his refrigerator was empty and his refrigerator was empty which yours was too yeah so here's the thing about refrigerators and being empty i so that they made a thing of that christina was like well this fridge was empty and she said, you just eat out mainly? And he said, yeah. Yeah, kind of, which I can understand. I don't like to keep food in the home, generally speaking, because I eat it all really quickly. <laughs> so if it's not here, I won't eat it. <laughs> but that's also a New York thing as well, because I also feel like if you're in a New York apartment, 
refrigerators aren't as big as they are in suburbia. I don't know if that's true. I just feel like that's true. It's probably true. Yeah, I think it feels like it's true. And I f also, there's a lot of markets around. So I feel like people in the city often will go to the supermarket. I think in suburbia or non-city life, you might be going once a week, mm -hmm. once every 10 days. I feel like in New York, people go two, three times a week to the grocery That's store. That's true for like little things. Little things, and you just eat it. Or the, yeah. you go to the market on the corner. I've, I've, been, I've been there. Yeah. And so, okay. So Henry is just, again, Christina is his realtor, showing him his, his own, own apartment. His own studio. Um, and then they, did they casually mention that he had heart surgery? He he mentioned that before, I believe. I must have missed that, but it just seemed like it just seemed like oh yeah, I had a heart surgery and, and I didn't I don't keep food in here very much. It was like wait what? Yeah, I remember he said something about that really early on. I think in the interviews, but we get to their shared apartment, and he says something quite curious. What did he say? I forgot. He said he's gonna try not to throw too many parties. When she's not well, well, and then she said, "When would you throw parties?" or could I be invited to these parties? And he was kind of like, oh, when, you, when you're traveling. When you're here, maybe you when can. When you're here, you can come. Yeah. The whole thing was strange. Mm -hmm. So it is becoming clearer and clearer that these two are not able to find a, a common ground. I, they're not able to find a common ground. And another thing that, the other thing that he said was... Um, she had said in the beginning of their relationship, all the three days or a week or whatever it was, mm -hmm. that she did live in like the central business district, district of New Orleans. Discrepancies. And and he, he was like, oh, that's kind of weird because she said that she did have a place and she didn't have a place. Um, so they're just not finding any areas She's of not telling the truth also. Neither is he. They're both not telling the truth. They're both not telling the truth. Like no one is looking at each other and going, this isn't working. No, but also, like, people live in strange situations. Sure. Sometimes you're between apartments. I'm not judging anyone based on their living situation. Sometimes life gets rough. Maybe and a little bit. No, I'm, I judge that she lied about it. But I can also understand that she was embarrassed. Sure, of course. And maybe circumstances changed in that place that she had in the financial district of New Orleans suddenly changed um, to her car. Yeah, it's just, it feels like, you know... Our relationship, you and me, it's like when there's things that are wrong or the energy is off, we don't, we may know why, we may not know why, but we generally will call it out and throw it on the floor. We'll bring it to each other, like, what's your deal or what's going on? Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine existing in the same apartment where that's not mentioned. Now, these people are very new. It doesn't matter, though. But it just is like, I... Not everyone loves to talk about their shit. No. But this is they don't talk about anything. They don't talk about anything. And I actually think that if they address something, they could have something to talk about. That's right. And it's almost like that. A con some connection might build if they just had a conversation about what was really going on in front of them. Even if it was as like, this isn't working. I don't know if I'm into this. I'm not attracted. Uh, Look. I'm feeling there's things that are bothering me. Pastor Kyle came. Yes. And Henry said. It could be worse. <laughs> And also that she's in the friend zone. That's right. So um, he might be getting kind of the friendship vibe. And that just sort of made the entire scene want to jump out a window. Um, Pastor Cal was like, oh, doesn't seem like there's any intimacy here. It's like, no. Like not even holding hands. Physical intimacy, sure, but not any sort of human-to-human -human intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he. one of the things that he said was that was so mind-numbing. I think Pastor Cal asks, do you find her attractive? And he goes, yeah. And then he sort of explains it away. And it was the whole thing. What did he say? He kind of said, well, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, these things take a while. It's not an immediate attraction. It's not an immediate I have to anything. say, that is a hard pill to swallow for this lady who's talking right now. Uh, well, not being considered attracted by their partner? In the moment, like, there's this whole... Sure. You don't want someone to build an attraction to you because that sounds like you're someone that someone needs to take time to get to see that you are attractive to them. And there's this, this illusion or this fantasy of he saw me and I was chosen and he knew right away or she yeah. knew right away. Um, and sometimes that's really not the case. And I've been told by one person that I was acquired taste. That wasn't me. That was not you. But I also am not like your standard blonde, blue-eyed, kind of classical beaut. Is that, what, is that a classical beaut, Aryan? <laughs> is it's that an what's Aryan classical beaut, in your mind? and I'm quite Semitic looking. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I just I loved about Pastor Cal's interaction with those two, he's asking them a bunch of questions, and they've been together for like a week or eight mm-hmm. days, something like that. And he's kind of like, have you done this? Or have you talked about that? Or have you done this? And their answers are like, no, no, no. I don't know if he said it. I don't know if it was us watching it, but I think everyone had the, uh, the thought of like, what have you two been doing for a week? Yeah. Like you've been together 24 hours, pretty much for a week. How have you not had any conversations with any sort of meat on them? I feel so I'm sorry. I'm so angry about this. I am angry at the experts for matching them up because they both set them up for disappointment. He has someone that has zero patience, and she's going to be invalidated and acted out, which is the thing that she, she wants to be seen more than anything. Yeah. And he, he did say that she can be high maintenance. Yeah. And that she can be impatient. I appreciated that at least that he said it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't find her that impatient. I think, as Pastor Cal said, there's a diva side to her, but I kind of take it just as, you know, it's like a sassy side. Okay. Yeah. The way she carries herself is kind of diva. Okay, cool. But I, I feel like you could deal with it if you talked about it. Like, oh, this is, seems like who you are. How can I best serve you in this moment? Or, you know, like, how, how would you like me to plug into your personality? Or, I don't know, some, some sort of question. At least so they're both, moment. that's an interesting point that you bring up because they're both so consumed in their own stuff yes, and how they're perceived true. that they're not even thinking about how the other person yeah. is taking them in, which is not a great place to start a relationship. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think about, um, you know, I went to journalism school and I also went to drama school and I went, ended up working in tech, go figure. Um, you know, and that's really such a big part of what they teach you is just, again, that complete focus on the other person and, that you know, the energy going back and forth. And it's like, man, these two people could really use some of that right now because they're not seeing anything within two inches in front of their face. No. And when you talk about like the, those acting exercises and stuff, I can. I was actually thinking about this lately. That, like, the first year of of acting school was mostly me overcoming my own nerves while being on stage. I was so not engaged even in like the character I was working on mm-hmm. or anything. I was so in my own head, trying to not be in my own head. That I was in my own head on stage, so that was terrible. 
Yeah. And I had this teacher that would stare at me like a bat from the side with her black sweater and bark out things. I didn't feel what you were saying kind of thing. In Hebrew? In Hebrew, though. <laughs> but to, to be fair, I did suck that year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, drama school, what a mind screw that whole thing that, is. That is like a human experiment. Yeah. There should be a reality show. It probably I, is. Uh, uh, yeah, it should be an, a reality show because at least where I went to, I went to the neighborhood playhouse on the east side in Manhattan for two years. Um, actually, almost, yeah, a little over two years. It, it's really its own. You're, you're packing in about, I don't know, 60, 70 people in one four-floor building, and they're all being emotional all day long, and they range in, they range in age from like 18 to 40. Mm-hmm. It's just a disaster of just... And also the people that are Grossness. drawn to this kind of expression are normally people that have had quite interesting sure. life experiences and yeah. everyone wants to touch their trauma. Yeah, and it's, um, if you haven't done it, <laughs> I totally recommend it. It's an insane asylum of people. Um, speaking of uh, good people, let's talk about Karen and Miles. Karen and Miles, um, really interesting how they're sort of progressing. I feel like it's two steps forward, one step sideways, um, very growing but she's 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 edited anyway it seems this way she's more cautious she's quite cautious and i like that though because they don't know each other and i know she referred to them and pastor we can bounce around with these guys but like she referred to them as strangers still but my stranger my stranger and cal was like no you guys aren't strangers it's a week Mm -hmm. i get it but she also admitted in that conversation with pastor cal that she was really afraid of being hurt and what happened that's to right. her in her prior relationship. And he also said, that's why we set you up with Miles, who, as I believe he said, the heart the size of Louisiana. Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think everyone can see that dynamic working. And I feel like, as opposed to, I can't compare them to Christina Henry because they're a train wreck. But I will. Um, Oof. Because. That's a, that's a harsh. Because Christina Henry are kind of a train wreck. Their dynamic is not them individually. No. I just want to I mean, say I'm that. I'm sure they're nice people. Yeah. Um, but with Miles and Karen, it's like, as long as they're communicating, which they are, as long as they're surfacing the, I don't want to say they're going slow because again, they've only known each other for a stupid week. Um, at least they're growing. It doesn't have to be like, it's kind of nice that they're not throwing on the jets. That they're kind of inching. I think it's good for Miles because I think he could easily dive straight head first into that into the role of the husband that he's always wanted to be and she's kind of like no 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 let, let's feel each other out let's go slow let's go slow but she doesn't need she's also not asking for uh all of his attention i don't know if attention is the word um i, I think about something he said previously which was he's been guilty in the past of maybe giving himself too much in relationships mm-hmm. and sort of becoming uh, i don't know if subservient is the word or but maybe servant to their emotions they're both givers. They're both givers, but she's not ask, She's not taking or she's not asking for extra anything from him. I, I see her asking for like the mundane things like carrying my luggage and stuff, but she does it in a sweet, like flirty way, and it works. Right. I have hope for them. Absolutely. I Absolutely. do. I have hope for them. I think that the more they talk about or the more they just allow themselves to feel these uncomfortable feelings, the better it's going to be. Yeah. But if you want to talk about a couple that is just crushing it. Us? No, but maybe. Amani and Woody, man. Can we talk about Amani and Woody? Yeah, absolutely. 
I I just want to say something about Imani. Go. I love her voice. I want her to sit next to me and talk all day so I can absorb some of that utter chill she has. Her voice is so calming to me. Mm. And just her, her demeanor, everything is kind of like, okay. So you want her to record like a voice memo for you? I, you want, a, to I you. want a meditation by Amani. I want her to say, Maya, go to sleep. Everything's okay. It's not that deep. Okay? Yeah. That's what I want. Well, I think what uh, he wants, arguably, maybe is a hat wall. Uh, so we got to see where Woody lived, and um, I guess we did not know this previously, but he lived with he lives with his grandma. He's been living with his grandma for a long and time. And grandma was totally cool with his female conquests. Yes. That is a cool grandma, one might say. Do you think if you're on a date, I kind of think about this in a few different ways, where it's like, does he present it like, yeah, you know, I moved in with my grandma. She needs a little bit of help. Um, and like a woman would go, oh, that's so sweet. He's like, you know what? I got to come, you know, I got to, you know, leave a little bit early. I got to check on her. Do you want to come back with me? Oh my God, me? this is, this is sounding quite familiar <laughs> that Bobby had a dog that he shared with his ex and would say, oh, I got to go home. I have, I have my listen. dog needs me. I need to feed her. You want to meet her? I, I just can't leave her there for that long. <laughs> and that friends is how Bobby got lots of ladies listen, it, to come up to his duplex with the door without the wall. The door without the wall. So there's the thing. This is, you're making me sound yum, worse yum, than yum, I yum, yum, yum. I'm just saying I had yum, a dog yum, at the time. Yum, mm-hmm. Yes, I shared this dog with an ex. We, uh, this ex that I'd been with for about four years, and we had a dog. We ended up breaking up. We both loved the dog, so we shared the dog for a while. Mm-hmm. And But yes, in that sense where um, if I was going to work and then I'd be going out after work with somebody, there would be a time sometimes where I'm like, look, I don't want to leave the dog home alone because I don't like leaving the dog home for more than seven, eight hours alone. Um, so and, now and Bobby's painting yeah. himself as like this humanitarian I am a humanitarian pita. dog lover. Okay. Which you really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alas. It was a really good way to get ladies to see that you're compassionate, potentially dead material. Am I? I guess yes. you're, you're right. And to come back to your place because the date is going well. They just want to cater to you being a good dad. So they'll just go there and witness it and then fall deeply in love with you. So do you think Woody did, did that with, with his grandma living at home? No, I, I'm not imagine? comparing his grandma to a dog, but I'm just saying like, hey, you know, I got to, you know, my grandma needs my help usually late at night, blah, 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 blah. I think that if he doesn't tell people it's his grandma, he's just like, yeah, my, my roommate's really <laughs> sensitive to sound or like <laughs> my roommate's got really weird taste. Um, that would be like surprising that it's a grandma. <laughs> I, so I, I think it's funny. They both had a lot of shoes. He had like a TV just sitting there from like, it looked like it from like 1965. He had this wall of hats. She was totally not impressed with his wall of hats. By the way, all of the men on the show this week, um, all of them feel like they came, not Henry, cause he didn't seem like he had much, but like all the others all kind of seem not hoarderish. Maybe they just, well, Brett seemed like a hoarder. Maybe they just seem like guys that are just messy or either no decorations or stuff all over the place or random things. Yeah, they're dudes. Yeah. But I also appreciate Woody's aesthetic for his, hats. <laughs> for his hats and shoes and just his clothes, and he loves that. And also, Amani has a lot of clothes, too. Um, but what happened in the dynamic when they were sitting down with Pastor Cal was also notable. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing that kind of said... True. 
the first thing I just sort of lead into that conversation was, you know, let's talk about their body language when that conversation oh, they first are like started. melting into yeah. each other. So much pointed towards each other, melting into each other. Um, they admitted I, that they had sex with like no protection, which I thought was kind of funny. That was a um, bit. Yeah. That Cal made a thing of that. And I was kind of like, whatever. What do you mean? You think they're ready to have a baby? Listen, there's crazier things that have happened, by the way. At least they got married first before they got. They're gonna get pregnant. We were pregnant at the wedding. Yeah, but we were like legally married before. That's true. We were legally married before the wedding. Um, but but the, not that that even matters. No, we were joking. Uh, what came up that I thought was funny was uh, they're really attracted to each other. Everything's going so well. Um, I'm not sure who said this, but I wrote this down. Was like, is it gonna gloss over? This honeymoon phase, everything's I think la, Pastor la, Cal la. said that. Gloss over serious things. But it quickly did not because Woody no. said that if Amani were to shave her head, he would not be cool with that. So Pastor Cal asked about boundaries or triggers that they might have that the others may not know about or do mm-hmm. know about. And they, yeah, they, he brought up like, I just want to be involved in decisions. And so he threw out the example of. Uh, if she like decided to shave her head, shave her head one day, like would he be cool with that? And he was like emphatically no. Um, right. And I loved her stance on that, which was no, it's my body, and she still said it very calmly. Uh, no, it's in her amazingly peaceful voice that it's her body, and if he's just attracted to her outside, that's a problem, and she's still the same person. And if she feels called to to shave her head, she will. And she even joked about it and was like to Pastor Cal, are, are you seeing what he's saying? Yeah. And then Woody explained, and I'm not sure I totally bought his explanation, that it's important to him to make decisions together because in the past, a girlfriend had an abortion without kind of involving him in the process. Ta-da. And, and then Amani said, yeah, okay, but this is my body still. <laughs> this is a decision about me. Do you think that it's possible that and this is what I wrote down. I don't know if I don't know if I I don't I wrote down like maybe this is a guy thing. I don't mean to sound like that, but I feel like sometimes in relationships or with people, you might take a position that you don't really mean. You kind of think like you may throw it out there. Like what? I I'm just using like he used an example of the head shaving thing. And when he was called out on it, instead of just being like, yeah, that was dumb, he kind of <laughs> stuck his foot in the ground. Yeah. Like, I've done that before. Even like with, what, though? Um, I've probably taken, like, political devil's advocate conversations with people that I've really? hung out with. Yeah, just to, like, I can remember some specific conversations around 2016. And, like... I remember being, I was dating someone in Baltimore at the time. I remember having a conversation I about said like, something bald, but it was Baltimore. No, it was in Baltimore. And I remember having conversations with this uh, person I was dating about who I think thought could win. And I thought they were going to win. They ended up winning. And uh, she heavily disagreed with me. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was taking these stands, not that I believed in them, but just to like, have something to say in a conversation that it, pain the ass a little bit too. and then i ended up defending them even though i'm like i don't even know why i'm really? defending them yeah and so i feel like that was sort of what happened here it kind of just got out of hand i don't know if he really if she really shaved her head 
like he would be really that upset about there it. There are people that I just are... think it was a bad example. Maybe the decision making thing about what happened with a, a former uh, girlfriend and an abortion that's pretty heavy. Um, and so maybe I just I, don't know, I feel like maybe he just had the wrong uh, example and he stuck to it when he shouldn't have. Maybe. Guys do stupid stuff like that. So do so do, so do girls. So do non-gender conforming people too. That's generous. Everyone says stupid shit. But the bald thing is a thing. Like, if I were to shave my head, would you be cool with that? Now you're stuck with me. I'm married. You, you have a kid with me, a dog. You're kind of screwed. But before, if we were dating. <laughs> we have retirement accounts. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Would I stick with you if I just came home one day and you shaved your head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would take me a minute. It might take me 10 minutes. But yeah. to, to what? 10 minutes to what? To wrap Stare your at, your head around my bald head, staring at you without being like, huh? <laughs> well, would you be attracted to me if I shaved my head? Yeah, probably. Really? Yeah. Look, I mean, we talked about it on previous episodes. I mean, I dated someone with hairy armpits before. Yeah, but that can be kind of cool, and she was also hot. So but I'm also the, thinking about these same things. For the bald, same for the bald but head. we meet people at a certain point in their life, and we don't look the same after years. I don't. I look, don't know about that. Because you're well preserved. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> this pandemic gave put ten pounds on me. So this baby <laughs> did that to me. What? <laughs> but we don't look the same as we did when we started sure. dating. Three years ago, we looked different. Though. Right, not like horrendously different, but we look different. Yeah. I definitely am more I'm less invested in my appearance. <laughs> Great. Than I was three years Fantastic. ago. Not I'm... because I don't care about what you think, but because I don't have time and I'm tired and we're in a pandemic and I don't leave the house anyway. <laughs> you haven't left the house really in about nine months. <laughs> yeah. Um, our baby's nine months through the math. Um, so, yeah, look, I think that if you came, if I came home and you had a bald head, I would get used to it. But what about other, so you're kind of avoiding, you're glossing over. How am I glossing it over? What about if I gained 50 pounds now, not during pregnancy or not while breastfeeding? This is just a phase I'm in. And what are you asking? Would you still be attracted to me? I don't know. Great. I don't think that's a, that's. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, first of all, that I could answer that question. Because um, <laughs> you don't want to. I think it would depend on, and I may be digging a hole here, it may depend on why. Pure love of carbs. Yeah. See, I don't know because, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to lose weight again. And I, I'm someone who yo-yos with my weight a lot. Um, and no, you know what? I'll be more specific. Okay, I wasn't... Okay, sure. Okay. I won't answer the question. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm giving you more information so you can make an informed answer. Here we go. I'm locked in. Postpartum depression weight gain. The only thing comforting is donuts. And you're asking would I still be attracted to you? Yeah. And I probably... I think so. But would that reason be unattractive in itself? No, no, not at all. I think it would be... I, look, an attraction thing, and I'm thinking about like what Dan Savage talks about in his podcast a lot, where he's like, you... 
you're attracted over time you become more attracted to the person in the physical anyway um what do you mean like you become more attracted yeah like i'm attracted to you as a human okay i think that i'm trying to articulate and i'm not going to I'm sort of going to combine your last example with the okay. first example, which is like, for me, it's for me personally that I'm talking about this. It's um, I appreciate somebody who takes care of themselves, and that can manifest in several different ways. Hmm. It's not just about it's not about what's on the scale. Can I be a pain in the ass? As usual, yes. Okay, my way of taking care of myself in this hypothetical situation is by eating donuts. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I. I, I that is how know. I stay afloat, literally, because I'm, I'm large now and I, in this hypothetical but that's situation. Not, but that's not healthy. No, but it's taking care of my... It's, it's, it's getting you through an hour. True. Which isn't healthy at all. So I would say I would, I would probably vocalize in the relationship, I think, as a responsibility as a partner and a husband to say, Where you, what you're doing right now isn't healthy. It's not about the attraction. It's like what you're doing right now isn't healthy and how can we help each other... How can I help you get to back to a point of not again, not scale, but how can I get you back to a point of like living like a healthy person? I would expect the same. Okay. I can take that. Okay. Okay. You good? You good with your hypotheticals? You're throwing at me with knives. <laughs> I've been up since 4 a.m. <laughs> you're trying, what are you, you're trying to bend me into knots. Um, let's talk about our, is there a lot? We're already up to our last couple. Yes, we uh, are. Let's talk about, let's talk about our last couple. Let's talk about Olivia, Olivia and, and Brett. Brett. So Olivia, why is Jesus in the bathroom? Because Jesus is a part of her. But in the bathroom? Jesus is everywhere, Bobby. He's got to look. And at by that. the way, I don't know if they told you, but Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But I just, I was like, oh, I'm in the bathroom. Oh, oh hi, Jesus. How are you doing over there? I'm sure there are other places. Do you know there's like the meme of Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop? <laughs> no. You ever seen that? So if you go to Jeff Goldblum, this is, so Jeff Goldblum, of course, is just the most amazing human ever. Uh, I think he went to the neighborhood playoffs, by the way. So Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop is a meme. And the meme is just like, it's like a funny picture of Jeff Goldblum that you're supposed to tape on the back of like bathroom stall doors. It says like he's watching you poop. So it's like Jeff Goldblum staring at you pooping. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, it's like, why would you have Jesus? You it was a big part of your life doing the same. It just struck me as a little Like strange. maybe the bathroom's not a very holy place. No, it just feels like, you know, if the bedroom... You know, say hi to him in the kitchen. How you doing? I don't know. Maybe a maybe a little figurine that is on like the dashboard of the car. But like in the bathroom. But we're making assumptions strange. about what Jesus's preferences are, and we can't tell if maybe he's actually wildly comfortable in a bathroom setting. And we, we speaking for the anglicized <laughs> version of Jesus in which right. we see. Mm -hmm. We won't get into that today. Yep. Um, but let's talk about Olivia's home real quick. Obviously, aside from the J man, very homey. Very homey. Her parents, I guess, we come to learn, own an antique shop, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I could use some antiques. Yeah, we absolutely could. Um, she lives uptown. She rents, which becomes a thing. Um, but she takes very good care of her house. It seems she takes very good care of her house. It's a very nice home. Um, and then, of course, juxtaposed onto our friend Brett, who bought a place, I guess, not in wherever the... I don't want to say in the nice area, but he bought a he bought a place uh, in the not uptown version of New Orleans. I don't know New Orleans that well, um, 
And let's just say it's it's something that we we actually saw it with Dr. Pepper in one of the matchmaking episodes. Mm-hmm. It's not he's not he's not exactly what I would call a neat freak. I think I called him a hoarder. Um, he's got a lot of crap all over the place. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of junk. But we're also aware that she makes three times the money as him, and that is an issue. It's an issue. Um, she on, he yeah. says she's way more loaded than me. And, and when they were talking with Pastor Cal, um, you know. He asked what it what it, marriage to them means. I think they both said it's harder than they anticipated. They certainly didn't rate it, if you saw last week. Because it's dehumanizing, um, Bobby. But what came about was that um, they talked about money. And so they have these two versions of money, right? So he makes less, I guess considerably less, and he seems very conservative with his money. Which, hey, look, he's bought a house. He seems like he's got money to do stuff. Sort of. She makes three times as much, but yet she has debt and she rents. Yes. But she really likes to use her money on entertainment and sure. fun. She 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 likes vacations in nice places. She she likes going to Saints games. She, um, she has some debt. She didn't talk about. Obviously, we don't know what kind. It could be student debt, whatever it is. It could be credit card debt. It didn't seem like credit card debt. It seemed more like student debt, um, like Based a chunk. On, okay. It just seemed like oh, it was credit card debt. It, I don't know if she'd be funding her life. You know, I, I would say that you can responsibly live financially and have student debt because you're paying it off. You're not late on anything. Mm-hmm. For credit card debt, um, probably not as much, and I've, I've certainly been guilty of that in the past. Um, and so it just got, and I think Pastor Cal phrased it something like, it got personal really quickly while they were talking with him because they seemed to be going at each other's abilities. Or at each other. It seemed to be about something else. It was about judging each other's lifestyles. Judging about each other's lifestyles. He didn't seem to. He didn't seem to like that she spends money. He didn't seem to like that she quote unquote doesn't know how to keep a budget, even though she kept saying she did. And on the other side, it's like she doesn't want to have a partner who is so closed off um, of spending money or going places or or can't afford the lifestyle that she wants or can't afford it. And she even said, and again, I'm paraphrasing. She said something to the effect of. You know, when we were going through this process, I asked for somebody who was as adventurous as she was. And, and he said, that's fine as long as you foot the bill. Right. And she, she was not into that. Yeah, it just wasn't going well. But that, that is, that's actually a really interesting point for a lot of people. Yeah? Yeah, when you date someone, mm-hmm. you like them, or in this case, you, you marry them. Um, how people relate to their money, and Pastor Cal said this, it's not about money, it's about people's communication about money. He said, I think there's a concept, I don't know if it's a misconception. I, I thought this was the truth, and I guess Cal corrected it, which was one of the biggest uh, wedges in divorce is the finances. And he said, no, it's about the way people communicate about finances, mm-hmm. which I thought was insightful. And also finances mean so many different things sure. to so many people. Um, money is a complex thing. Sure. Money's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I can speak from my own experience that it has evolved over time and it still is something that I still, in the back of my mind, think belongs to the grown-ups and I should not be handling it because I'm not a grown-up yet. Alas, I am. I, I think it's also one of the things that we've talked a lot about. It's, it's also individuals' relationship to money and as a couple, how do you both relate to money as a duo and not just each other? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this clearly is something to keep an eye on as the season goes. They, even in the preview episode for next week, they seem to be clashing again over money. 
But they made it look like Brett got up and left in this very dramatic moment. But he got up to get tissues for her, which I thought was very sweet. And you're making fun of me when I say it's the editing. That editing. Yeah, I, I was pissed at the editing at that point. I was like, really, guys? And I like that he sat down and continued the conversation. There's something about Brett that I really, really appreciate. He's guarded. He's got stuff. But he's like, there's a kindness to him. I will say he is the most... Um I guess surprising is the word. Surprising character on this season that I I might have had a, a way that I felt about him at first that I don't feel right now. I thought he was going to be a kind of a mat from a few seasons ago, kind of like a player, player or just frankly a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll just still say it. Uh, but he's actually been pretty. He's been fine. He's not. He's honest and he's very funny. He's. He's honest. He's flawed. That's okay. Yeah. He doesn't sometimes say the right thing at the right time. That's okay. But he, he, he's come back around, and he fixes that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and I know next week it looks like maybe he's having a conversation amongst the boys, and Woody has a preview moment where he says something about clearly he has an issue with how much money she makes. Do you have a problem with, with the woman making more money? Like, does that have any effect on you? If I were making significantly more than you, I would be so happy. <laughs> really? Oh my God! Please, Lord, let me ride the coattails. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's about the communication about it. Um, I I don't think I would have an issue with it. I think I'd be very thankful because for me, in my relationship with money, it's I feel such a pressure. So if I could. You know, not if I could feel confident in the money that I'm making that it's not like, and it's not the way it is in this relationship. Let's be clear. Uh, if I didn't feel, I feel like it could be a burden, a bit, or if or or a source of anxiety, if if you know if there's a big imbalance like that for the person who is making more, because you might feel tied to a job you don't like, you might feel. Um, just anxious about the month-to-month, day-to-day kind of things. And to, to, to you know, not to have such a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Big uh, difference. I feel like would be great if I had, you know, look, if you were making more than I do, great. Um, but I wouldn't want somebody I was with making so much more than me. Why? If that makes sense. Why? If I made so much more than you um well look it depends on the it depends on how life is set up right i'm talking about like if i was making if i was making so little money and you were making so much money that all of our dependencies come from came from one person mm-hmm. i don't think that could be in a struggle but that's also i mean look at a million bennett she's gonna make money and he's like a. Oh, but cool. he but she doesn't see it as a less valuable role that he would play true He's going to rear the children yes. and he's going to be at home and c- pursue his art and take care of the house. And see, we put a lot of emphasis on this is like a societal thing. Sure. This is a capitalist thing that the person making more money adds more value. Mm-hmm. And I disagree with that. I think there's a lot of value in money. We need money to money is access and gives us security. Yeah. Um, and comfort. But, right. But feminist literature would tell you that the emotional labor that most female identifying people do is unpaid 
100%. And it's a lot. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I don't know where I was going with this, but I guess I just wanted to say that. The question was, Bobby, would you feel uncomfortable if, if I, I made so much more than you? I would say yes. No, you basically said only if I was making so little. If me was making yeah. so little. Yeah, I think it, I would come at it from two points of view. One, I would feel like I'm not doing enough. And two, I don't want you to feel the burden that you're stuck or the burden that you have to make this much money or the whole ship goes down. I wouldn't want that for you or for me. What I would if, feel enormous guilt about that. What it, but what if it were temporary and it worked for us? What if it just worked for us? Well, you said two things there. Was it temporary or is it working for us long What if we found a cool rhythm where I make significantly more than you and you get to work less and do more domestic things? It depends on what you were doing and if you were happy with it. I was happy with it. Would you be happy with it? Uh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I would be happy with it. I feel like... I also get something out of working. Mm -hmm. So as long as I was getting that uh, somewhere else, non-monetary wise, then I think I would be okay with that. I would want to be, uh, you know, I like contributing to things. Okay. Outside of family roles. Being a part of something outside. Yeah. Okay, I can take that. You can take that? I think I can take that. You're good? Eh, I guess. You're throwing daggers at me with questions. Yeah, I don't know what's going on today, but I just have these hard questions I feel like I have to ask you. And I feel like I danced around them just enough to answer them. You think I don't see that? I'm a black belt. (laughs) Yeah, of course you are. As a therapist, you are a mental gymnast. (laughs) You're not manipulative with your questions no i am direct you're direct and and you all can directly follow us at (laughs) naked on the couch podcast on instagram please subscribe if if you're enjoying what you're hearing this was an interesting one uh (laughs) feel free to subscribe rate review uh we really appreciate it by you know sticking with us for this hour and all the other times you listen to us in the last six crazy episodes wow Naked on the couch. I am Bobby Krueger. I am Maya, who was the aggressor today. And we will see you next week. Bye.